Welcome to Locked On Cardinals. Alex Clancy, Bo Brock. Follow me on Twitter at Clancy's Corner. Follow Bo at Bob Rack. You can follow the podcast at Locked On AZ Cards on Twitter. So, I mean, not really a surprise what happened this past Sunday. 45-10 Chargers trounced the Arizona Cardinals. Cardinals put up 10 points on their first two drives within the first 10 minutes of the game. You're like, hey, what's going on here? On the road, points put up. I thought this was going to be another Rams situation. Uh, maybe some points late. Uh, they obviously got pummeled by the Rams last time they were in L.A. 34 nothing, I believe. And then the game started 10 minutes into the game, and the Chargers took over from there. The two glaring things before I pass it to Bo to matriculate the ball down the field regarding the game. First 10 minutes, great. And then they only had the ball for 10 minutes in all of the second half. And as Bo said before we started this, it looked like we were watching a Chargers practice with some dummies wearing red jerseys uh, in the second half. No, especially. I mean, it looked like Phil Rivers was in his backyard throwing to all eight of his children. Yeah. I mean, they might have put up a better defense than the Cardinals. And I'm so sick of watching Trey Boston and busted coverage. I mean, it's time to move on from Trey Boston. He was talking about the Keenan Allen touchdown specifically in the right corner of the end zone. Well, where I mean, there's a there's a long list of busted coverage for Trey Boston during his Arizona Cardinals tenure. I mean, it's just, it's brutal. I and mean, like, yeah, you're talking about the Chargers. They came out, they had kind of a tryptophan hangover. Yeah, definitely. And then they just woke up and it was 45 unanswered points. <laughs> and now you look at the Arizona Cardinals now officially swept away by the AFC West. They went 0-4 against the AFC West, and twice they surrendered 45 points. So 90 points between the Chargers and the Broncos. Not the Chiefs. Not the Chiefs. I mean, the Raiders were able to muster some points and beat them. They scored, what, 23 points? Mm -hmm. a, a team that was that was not scoring touchdowns in the month of November. They decided two against the Arizona Cardinals. Yeah. But, you, I mean, when you talk about the, the fast start and then just completely going away, that's been kind of a theme the entire season. Even when Sam Bradford was the quarterback – Against the Bears, they came out, they score 14 points quick, and then they absolutely just they fall flat. They well, go they go stagnant. And what and, and what is this attributed to? And you could say this for a lot of teams that, that you know that are lacking talent wise. Is those were scripted drives, right? Yeah. These are drives that are scripted. The first 15 plays are notoriously scripted for teams, especially teams that don't trust their quarterback to call plays on their own. It begged the question. I know this is dumb. Why don't they script the whole game? These are the plays we're going to run. Well, maybe they have. I, maybe they have. Maybe it's more so that than it is because they can't adjust. There's like no once adjustment. Somebody kind of figures out what they're trying to do on offense and what, how they're kind of trying to accomplish getting the ball into their playmakers' hands. They're done. They're absolutely done. Ski like guys like Christian Kirk, they go away. Mm -hmm. Guys like uh, Larry Fitzgerald, his his opportunity to make big plays it's over after the first quarter. It seems like it's it's. It is kind of mind-boggling, right? I mean, I don't know. How is there such a stark difference? I mean, I, listen, I get three and outs with a young team that has an offensive line that's banged up, a quarterback that can't adjust, and a running back that's the focal point of every defense that he faces. I get the three and outs. You're going to have the growing pains that everybody talks about. But this team doesn't look fit to be an, an NFL roster. No, I mean, it just doesn't. Not even close. Not even close. The Raiders look better than the Cardinals do right now. And it's and listen, you can take just look at all of the young talent that's on this team. And these are going to be the lumps that you get when you have a primarily young team, especially on the offensive side of the ball. Because regardless if you want to believe it or not, the offense predicates everything. This is a far cry 
from, you know, Minnesota defense or Chicago defense where the defense can actually, uh, you know, predicate the game. The the game flow is they muddy it down into the defensive uh, doldrums. But with this, this offense is just, it's just bad. It's bad. And you talk about the patchwork offensive line and it gave up only two sacks. And that's being very nice to this offensive line. They yep. they were they weren't giving Josh Rosen any time. But then again, even when Josh Rosen had time, he was ineffective. He was inaccurate. And it's it's just weird when you think about his quarterback class. Lamar Jackson just improved the two and zero yesterday. Mm-hmm. Um, Josh Allen just maybe won the surprise game, of the draft just beat the Jaguars at home. Yes, um, in Buffalo, his first start back after a long layoff. And those guys are finding different ways to use their athleticism or whatever it was to make them first-round picks. They were able to put those on full display. Their coaches, John Harbaugh, you know, exploiting the ability for Lamar Jackson to run the ball. Same thing goes for Josh Allen. He has that different wrinkle that NFL defenses are having a tough time adjusting to. And we don't have anything with Josh Rosen. We're seeing Baker Mayfield really just find himself a four-touchdown performance following a three-touchdown performance, seven TD passes in his last two games. And then Sam Darnold's just – I mean, it, when you look at the two teams, like what's the common denominator between the Jets and the Cardinals? Bad coaching. Bad coaching. So – if your Cardinals coaches and Todd Bowles. <laughs> there's another connection. Uh, Defensive-minded coaches yeah. as well. It's – you know, I I don't know. It's just a mess. I mean, how come Freddie Kitchens is, is taking over play calling duties? He's having success in Cleveland, and he's got a defensive-minded interim head coach in Greg Williams, but Byron Leftwich has seemed to kind of plateaued already. Yeah. Well, and, the, and this is what we this is what we said would happen, Bo. The first game and a half, the first two games, ooh, excitement, new coach, new vibrancy, and then everybody kind of drops back to reality, and right. that's what it is. But one thing that I will say positively – uh, in the comparison you just made for the Cardinals, is that the Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson running quarterback thing, it's a fad. It always is. Aside from a guy named Cam Newton, who's an actual train uh, behind the line of scrimmage, you can't compare running quarterbacks to Cam Newton. So Josh Allen had a 20-yard scramble for a touchdown. He had a 75-yard just burner touchdown uh, play. So it's when you have guys like Sam Darnold and Josh Rosen who are traditional pocket quarterbacks, mm-hmm. it takes a little bit longer. Right. Because you don't have the out of, you know what, I'm faster than a lot of guys on defense. I'm just going to run the ball. It, it doesn't withstand the test of time. And the great quarterbacks, they they suck early on. And Peyton Manning's the big one, 3-13. and 13. Troy Aikman, 3-13. and 13. Pocket quarterback. 1-15. That's what I said, 1-15. No, I mean, it's, it's, no, right. it's going to be equally as bad. It's going to be right. That's going to be the same... You know, barometer. It's it's the same sample size. Like the learning curve is a lot 15. steeper. I think you know McNabb and the Eagles. They won thir- or three games his first season. It wasn't pretty, and there was something that happened in the next year. There was growth, but w- what is it that Josh Rosen does? What has he shown in his start so far that sets him aside from mediocre quarterbacks? Well, he he lived he lived in eight. Off the fact that he wasn't Sam Bradford for the first couple of weeks, yeah. So everybody was excited about the excitement of the unknown. I'm going to trademark it. Just the <laughs> in Arizona Cardinals land, anything that's not what it is now is exciting. Right, grass is greener on the other side Always. for everything. Yeah, and yeah. now this is why. And I got ripped on this uh, on the Freak Show. I'm on one to four p.m. Fox Sports nine ten Phoenix. Shameless plug that he's not. It should be Mike Glennon right now and not Josh Rosen. 
It should be another quarterback. And the reason why I say this is it's not fair to either party to put a young quarterback out with the team as currently constructed. I just I, I disagree with that just because I think any experience that Josh Rosen can can absorb in this first season, good or bad, is gonna benefit him. But this is where the bad habits I mean, breed. I, I agree, like I, I would have I I said that at the beginning of the season, as long as the offensive line mm-hmm. wasn't awful and he wasn't gonna get just crushed in his first season that and develop horrible habits. But I, I mean I just see right now some opportunities for him like this upcoming week he gets to go into Lambeau Field experience that another hostile environment I don't think he faced a hostile environment this this week in LA right or whatever is it Carson it uh but but he certainly faced a good defense uh, he's just gonna have to take his, he's he's I think Josh Rosen said it best last last season just because the blueprint is out there right and I'm paraphrasing there but they talked to Josh Rosen at his press conference last week about Jared Goff and the success that he had on Monday Night Football, and the media was already trying to translate that into success in this next couple of years. And Josh Rosen said, "I can still be taking. I'm taking lumps now. I can still take lumps next year. I can be in year seven and still taking lumps. Mm-hmm. And it's going to be up to him to take that next step. He's just got to keep getting better. It doesn't just because you you're going to be the incumbent right next season instead of having to deal with Sam Bradford next year doesn't translate to automatic success. Right." It doesn't translate to him becoming Carson Wentz, Mitchell Trubisky, Patrick Mahomes, guys in their second season who are having immense success. Well, and look at what, very very correct, and look at what those franchises did for those guys. They got offensive firepower and defensive firepower. I mean, look at what the Rams have done on the defensive side since Jared Goff has been quarterback the last three seasons. They've made moves. They've tried to show... Jared Goff, hey, you're our guy. We're going to do everything in our power to put all the talent we can around you on both sides of the ball. Look at what Chicago's done. They signed Allen Robinson. They signed Taylor Gabriel. They traded for Khalil Mack. They drafted correctly. They seem to have a home run with Roquan Smith. They have guys that can be immediate impacts for the team. I mean, look at what uh, one of Mitchell Trubixi's best receivers last year was, was Kendall Wright. Yeah. That was one of the guys that he leaned on. And then you sign Allen Robinson. Right now, the Cardinals need to show Josh Rosen how important he is to them by going and doing things correctly and bringing in talent because right now it is an empty well regarding talent. No, it is. And it's, it's you know, who who's the guy that's actually making the decisions as far as player personnel? And this and, is all. And putting, I mean, the, the roster's a mess. They're yeah. just not competitive. We talk about guys like Trey Boston. I know that Steve Keim, uh, he didn't sign Trey Boston. He was on his five-week suspension, but that almost makes it even worse. Well, and they also, Trey Boston came in after having a great year in San, uh, San Diego last year before they moved, or in, I think it was L.A., yeah, last year. He came in, and he said it was an embarrassing sales pitch for him to come yeah. in. He's like, I was expecting a little more than that if you really want to sign me. He went, looked elsewhere, and then nobody else wanted him, so he came back and signed with the Cardinals. That's what happened. That's Those are the kind of guys that the Cardinals have been signing. It's brutal. It's brutal. And as far as, you know, the opportunities for the Arizona Cardinals to have, like, you know, as, as we talk about the draft picks and the salary, it's not going to matter if they've got the wrong guy making the decisions. Yesterday, the Arizona Cardinals were up 10 nothing. It looked like that 14-point spread was they look like they could cover that, right? But no, 45 points unanswered <laughs> later, the Arizona Cardinals were big losers and the Chargers had coverage. And if you were betting on my book, you were a big fat winner. 
you got to check out my bookie. Remember, who you're betting on is just as important as who you're betting with. That's why we've always told people, bet with my bookie. Trust us, guys. They're the best bet this season. They've been in business for years. They have great reviews online. Check them out. Their mobile site, easy to use. Lay down some cash and win big today. You've got Texans. You've got Titans on Monday Night Football. Throw down some shekels. We only recommend a service to our listeners that's been good to us. That's why we're urging you to make your way to my bookie. You win, they pay. It's, they've got the in-game live betting, rewarding player perks, and the business fantasy guys out there. You can even bet the over/under on how many fantasy points a player will score in a game. Join my bookie; they'll match your deposit dollar for dollar. Use the promo code Locked On Twenty Five. Activate the offer. Visit my bookie online today. That's M Y B O O K I E. And don't forget to use the promo code Locked On Twenty Five when creating your account to claim the bonus. You win, you play. You get paid. Yeah, and if you are a part of Game of Thrones and you only have shekels to use, apparently my bookie takes those as a form of currency. On the other side, we'll break down Phillip Rivers. 25 for 25 to start the game. NFL record. That's next. Welcome back. Alex Clancy, Bo Brock. Follow me on Twitter at Clancy's Corner. Follow Bo at Bob Brack. You can listen to us both on Fox Sports 910 Phoenix Monday through Friday. Me 1 to 4 p.m. Mountain Time. Bo 4 to 7 Mountain Time as well. 45-10, loss the Cardinals sustained yesterday to the Los Angeles Chargers. They fall to 2-9. and nine. Now they are slated to have the second overall pick in the 2019 NFL Draft. Can San Francisco win another game? Like, I haven't looked at the schedule, but I we know at this point, aside from the Lions, those damn Lions, because the Lions come to town in, what, two weeks? Yeah. They go night. to Green Bay. That is the Arizona Cardinals' way of screwing them. So they would drop to like the seventh pick if they win another game is currently constructed. Yeah, looking at the uh, Niners schedule, it's going to be tough for them to find a win. There's not a win on this schedule. They, I mean, this past weekend was their best opportunity. They fell to Tampa Bay. <laughs> Tampa Bay rolled 27-9. Man, Jameis. Then, uh, you know, the Niners go up to Seattle. They take on Denver. They take on Seattle again. They take on the Bears. Maybe in What's week the last week of the seven? Yeah. It, it's the Rams. Yes. Maybe the Rams That's it. sit everybody. Of they're going to sit everybody. Possible. You would think that they would unless there's a first round buy on the on the on the line. Yeah. I mean the only thing the only way that would happen is if they lose a game and Chicago wins out. It yep. seems like because everybody else is not close to this this magic record that the Rams have. But But I mean the Arizona Cardinals they have the, their quarterback as bad as Josh Rosen right. has been and you you pointed it out last in QBR. In the entire league. Last in QBR. 34 out of 34. I mean, that's you're like, whoa, whoa wait a second. There's 32 teams. That's that. There's even backups that are ahead of him. Yeah. It's not good. Yeah, it's not good. So, I mean, but the thing is, and we continue to say this, and but it's just not good to say. People just, you know, they poo-poo it when it's actually said out loud, even though everybody's thinking it. Everything is going according to plan. <laughs> this is it. And I'm yeah. still under the impression that Steve Wilkes is the patsy. He's the guy. He's perfect to take a team into, you know, the dark ages of wins until they start winning games, and then you bring somebody in who knows what he's doing. Two wins. If they go 2-14, and 14, every other year it would seem like they'd have the number one overall pick, but they're slated right now to have the number two overall pick, and they helped their cause yesterday by allowing Phillip Rivers to go 25-25 for 25 to start the game. It's an NFL record. It was, what, 22-22 for 22 for a single game. He beat, he beat that, and then he, he matched Ryan Tannehill what, over two, two games? games? Yeah, it was. he was 25 for 25. He matched that 
He ended up 28 for 29, 259 yards, three touchdowns. And how was he doing? He was just spreading around. Yeah, and this wasn't wide receivers, this wasn't stuff backs, behind the line of scrimmage. Yeah, it was everything. I mean, he was just Philip Rivers is known for being a pinpoint kind of guy, and a lot of them are shorter routes, and it's kind of you know the Tom Brady kind of approach, Drew Brees approach. But he put some down. He put some down the field yesterday on the money. And you're right, Bo. Trey Boston, as a safety, is not. He's not the anchor of your secondary like you'd like a, a strong safety to be. Yeah, I mean, he's brutal. Uh, you just look all across the defense. I mean, there was just mismatches from this Chargers offense, and we're not talking about the 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 Chargers of past. Right. It's not LT coming out and just, and just taking you apart from the backfield, running the ball between the t- tackles and, and making catches. It was Austin Eckler. It was Travis Benjamin. It was Mike Williams, who I know was a first-round pick mm-hmm. for this Chargers team a couple years ago. But it, it was it was those guys – of course, Keenan Allen's into that equation, but they, they were just taking them apart. They were doing what they want. They were imposing their will on this Arizona Cardinals defense. And it makes you ask the question. I mean, you, you bring up Steve Wilkes, and I think that that argument's been going on almost ad nauseum. But now the question is, when you look at the, the guys that you think are staples on this defense, Chandler Jones, Patrick Peterson, are they not the right leaders for this team? Is Because there's something... I mean, you don't just... When you have this type of talent on your on your roster, I know that there's holes all over, but two and nine to lose to the Raiders, mm-hmm. it's to to have to have a fourth quarter comeback against the Niners. There is it, it goes beyond Steve Wilkes, and it and it bleeds into the locker room. Uh, they don't have the right leaders. Well, and Patrick Peterson also said, for those that have been living under a rock or don't follow the Cardinals that closely, that he wanted out three weeks ago. And listen, just because he came back, put a letter out that said, "I'm here to win," and I'm I uh, blah blah. I don't care. I don't Once think you Patrick say that, Peterson's the the issue, though. I don't see Patrick Peterson as as a problem as far as if, if, where there's where there's guys not filling playing their role on this defense. The guys that aren't making the plays that they're supposed to make, just filling gaps. It's it's not Patrick Peterson. He's his job is to cover. Wide receivers, and he's he's doing fine. He's, he's I don't have a problem with what he's doing, but you look at behind Patrick Peterson, Trey Boston, yeah. absolute liability, mm-hmm. terrible. Uh, I don't I don't necessarily I have Antoine Bethea. I don't really have kind well, of indifferent on him. The 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 corner opposite Patrick Peterson, we've just seen got abused Benny, yesterday. Ben Wickery abused. They're they're not good. The, uh, I mean Robert Kandiche was probably one of your lone standouts yesterday. Mm-hmm. Two and a half sacks, but. Like Hassan Reddick, all these other guys are terrible. They're but it's not, not, they're not NFL caliber players. I mean, it's not the way the linebacker blitz, linebacker blitzes. Josh Bynes is the name that stands out. He's had a few sacks and he's, yeah. he, he had a scoop and score against San Francisco. Like mm-hmm. he's, he's shown flashes this year. I think he went out with an injury yesterday. It doesn't seem like the linebacking core can show numbers, uh, sacks wise where you can actually gauge how they're doing. I mean, yes, there were a lot of passes across the middle yesterday, which shows the linebacking situation. It has holes in it. And uh, can you can you um, answer a question for me? What position did Al Holcomb hold when he was in Carolina last year? Linebackers coach. Was he? That's yeah. interesting. Mm-hmm. So that's one guy. Al Holcomb has like the golden ticket. Nobody's talked about him all year. Maybe because nobody knows his name. Maybe because there's been so much, so much focus on... The uh on on the offense with Mike McCoy and now 
Well, uh, Steve Wilkes. Steve Wilkes because he's Steve a defense. Wilkes, he, yeah, he's a defensive. But when, coach. but he's not a defensive coordinator anymore. So when, <laughs> when you're a defensive minded guy and you're few and far between with head coaches in the NFL, maybe there's more of a magnifying glass on you when your defense isn't performing. But yes, I agree with. I mean, there's just it's a mess all around, man. There's no. It's hard to get a flow on offense when you're only on the field for three plays, and at a time, and you punt. And it's also hard to get a flow when you're on the field the whole game on defense. It's just hard to catch your breath, literally, literally, and figuratively. So on the other side, we'll can, oh, go. can I just say twenty-five for twenty-five is inexcusable. It's inexcusable, of course it is. Field. Especially in the first half. On the other side, we'll wrap up a little bit here. Maybe take away one positive. I don't know if we'll find one. Alex Clancy, Bo Brock. We'll be right back. Wrapping up here, locked on Cardinals. Alex Clancy, Bo Brock, forty-five ten loss. The Cardinals sustained to the Chargers yesterday. And I teased before the break that we're trying to find something positive, and uh, we can't. Uh, this is just par for the course. I guess one positive thing is that they didn't win. You know, that's good for next season. They're slated to have the second overall pick, which could turn into a, you know, a myriad of picks if somebody wants to mortgage their future on to move up five or six spots to get the number two spot. I mean, it was bad. Bo had 25 for 25, first half, inexcusable, as you said. It just looks like they've mailed it in at this point. Is that fair? And listen, it's it's easy for us to say that as we're sitting in a cushy studio and, you know, just chilling, talking about the game. We're not actually on the gridiron playing, but it just looks like just uninspired football. Yeah, I mean, it's demoralizing. It's embarrassing. It's They've been demoralized it's, well, at you, this point. You heard, you know, Josh Rosen say it was an embarrassment. And it, the the product is unacceptable, and C. Wilkes says that that's an understatement. And at this point, I mean, who cares what they say? You got to see something different. Mm-hmm. I mean, think about the last two weeks or last three weeks. So you you lose to the Chiefs, and this you got to keep in mind that was coming off your bye week. Yeah. So you had extra time to prepare. Right. And they had a uh, a moral loss. Yeah. A moral Twelve victory. points. Woo! And then you lose to the consensus worst team in the league. And then you just absolutely get your doors blown off by the Chargers. Mm-hmm. And the Chargers are good. Yeah. The Chargers are, are better pretty much in every facet than the Arizona Cardinals. Yes. So, but to when you're not even competitive, that's when I really believe that's why there's no reason to keep Steve Wilkes beyond this year. You just got to cut ties. You got to start from scratch. You got to start, fire Steve. Which Steve? Both of them. Just just fire Steve. That's all it should be. Because the the players that they're putting out there, they're not getting the job done. The coaches aren't putting them in positions to be successful. It's a disaster. Well, a then you got to fire disaster. Al Holcomb, right? Yeah. No, absolutely. Just just clean house. But this is just another year where you have to start over, and there's a learning curve, and there's a new defensive scheme to learn, and there's all this stuff. But and- if the current one's wrong, yeah, there's no reason to But we do- don't know if the – with how bad the offense is, it's hard to have Alex, the defense. I'm, it's listen. one thing if they were they're in games, but they're getting demoralized. They're fourth against the pass now in the NFL. They just went. Philip Rivers just went twenty. They might drop a couple spots. They might drop a couple spots for twenty nine. Well, but Philip Rivers is may go down as one of the most underrated quarterbacks. That's ever. fine. Like I look, I understand that. I'm not arguing that. Yeah, but, yeah. no, no. So, but for I'm, somebody to just uh, is pop a shot out there. Yeah. I was never good at the football pop a shot. I was never good at that. <laughs> but it was just money in the bank. Anytime he dropped back, yeah. it didn't matter where he looked. It w- there wasn't one person on defense that stood out. Uh, 
and, and help the Arizona Cardinals cause yesterday. This team is in complete disarray. Big changes need to happen. Heads need to continue to roll. Guys like Trey Boston need to be sent packing. Guys like Phil Dawson need to be sent packing. Guys, just to, to prove a point that this organization is not going to accept it. Will they do that? I doubt it. But a message needs to be sent. You need to say, Phil Dawson, 43 years old. You've been paid handsomely to play our place kicker. You've missed some big kicks. It could have been 13 to 7 yesterday, right? He misses the kick. It's 10 to 7. The rest is history. Yeah. I mean, the the one thing that makes me gun shy about firing Steve Wilkes is it's probably going to be another first year, first time head coach, first time offensive coordinator, first time defensive coordinator coming in. So it's really like when you're playing a game of chess and your queen gets taken on the second on the second play on the second turn and you just scrap the game. It's like, okay, let's start over. Right. It, there's no guarantee that it's going to be better than it is now. I mean, but it can't if, get if worse. I if get, your strategy remains the same, if you continue to put your queen in harm's way, yeah, if, I if you don't if you don't protect your most valuable assets, and the Cardinals, they should be able to identify what their most valuable assets are at this point, right? And they're not anybody in the front office or the coaching staff, right? And I mean that that comes down to the Cardinals. If it's if if Steve Kime is still the guy moving the chess pieces around, they're in big trouble. He needs to, he. He has he's the main culprit in this the biggest in this yes. disaster. Yes. But you fire Steve Kime, that takes Wilkes out of the equation. He leaves too. You can't bring in a new GM. He's it's only a matter of time if, before Wilkes is out the door. That also that's the domino effect that takes whole uh, Al Holcomb out of the, out of it. You probably take Byron Leftwich out of the equation as well. But at that point, he's a casualty that's necessary, right? Well, you, you just let the guys bring in, and you you just hope. That your next general manager can identify the next coach that's going to put the pieces in place to make this team successful. You can't say, well, it didn't work the last couple times, right? You have to be confident enough in your ability to identify who those guys are to to move forward. You can't you can't be you know gun shy at this point. Yeah, no, it's true. But I mean, I, I will agree, and I've I've been on the side, and I am still on the side that it's not Steve Wilkes' time yet. That's fine, but. If they were to fire Steve Kime, do it now. I don't want this crap where it's the end of the season. Well, we're going to weigh our options. We're going to fire him like a month before the draft, and then you have to bring in a new GM. You have to get all of his schematics in. You have to hire a head coach, and then you have the, the – this is the single most important draft in Arizona Cardinals history. I thought it was last offseason. The last offseason was, and they butchered it. So this is going to put so much pressure – on whoever the GM is, whoever the head coach is, for this draft because you can't screw it up. You cannot screw it up because you will ruin the la- the next two years you have with David Johnson or because he signed an extension, right? So you have it for three more years. You ruin David Johnson's career potentially. You ruin your relationship with Patrick Peterson. Chandler Jones is unnecessary if you can't bolster the defense and the offense. So if you're going to fire somebody, do it yesterday. I'm if if you're done with Steve Kime, fire him. Do not wait till the end of the season. It gives it, it pays no merit for the future at all. Because you're going to suck this year. Why who cares if you have an interim interim GM tag on somebody? Who cares? Have Michael Bidwell do it. I don't give a crap. But if you're going to do it, start making the moves now because the last thing that I I've never heard the Cardinals, hey the Cardinals are set to hire this guy at season's end. When do you hear that? You don't because they don't have the foresight to do it.
So if, if what Bo says is correct, do it now. We'll talk about that more tomorrow. Alex Clancy, Bo Brock, Locked on Cardinals. We'll check you then.